You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined as always by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban, and the only person in the Metroplex area that wants the Dallas Mavericks to win tonight. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Guys, it's it's the last game of the season. We made it. We survived. We have been here through the thick and the thin. We've never left your side. I can't believe that we've made it this far. It's been it's been a long journey <laughs> for 82 games, but we're here. We we're finally at the finish line. It's kind of crazy cuz when you look back and you say there's a part of you that says, "Man, it feels like the season just started," but not this season. No. This season seems like it's been a very, very long season. And like remember so back remember back to Media Day when we found out that Noel wasn't gonna start. Like think how far like think how far back that was, because now he's like not even part of the team at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean gosh, that feels like it was Jeez. It feels like it was like eons ago. But there's a part of me too that's like, man, I remember remember that day like it was nothing like like it was yesterday, but it's just crazy the storylines and everything that happens over an NBA season and now we're at game 82 and about ready to wrap everything up so we will talk about today we will preview the uh, Dallas versus Phoenix game I don't think we can tell you at this we're recording this at 9 p.m. central time on Monday night so at this time we cannot tell you who will play <laughs> I just feel like it's going to change so much they've already announced a couple yeah. players that won't play but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll preview that. And then today, as promised yesterday, we're going to get to our mock draft. We're going to do the first 10 picks. Uh, we're going to do them as the the rankings currently are right now. Uh, so we will go Phoenix, Memphis, Dallas, Atlanta, Orlando, Sacramento, Chicago, New York, Cleveland, and Philadelphia. So we will go like that. We will assume that the Mavericks win that uh, that little tiebreaker and that they will uh, to move up. Which, by the way, the tiebreakers are complicated. And I think I totally messed it up today on Twitter. And I was calling people out. And I was like, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. And now I don't know who's right. <laughs> So there's a lot of things that go into that. I think I'm I'm just gonna wait till the lottery happens and just see I'm just gonna wait till the end of the season, see if there are any ties, and then we'll just figure it out from there. Um so but if Orlando loses tonight, which I think they will I think they will, uh they are down by twenty with two to two two minutes to go against the Bucks. Yeah. Then uh if Orlando loses, then there will be a tie somewhere. Somewhere. And then it comes down to, um, it's pretty simple. Like, the way it's probably going to turn out is if Dallas loses, there's probably going to be a three-way tie for the third spot. If Dallas wins against the Suns, you're pretty much looking at a tie between the Hawks and the Magic for three, and then Dallas will be locked in at the fifth spot. So that's pretty much what you're looking at Tuesday night. 
So here we are, the last game of the season, Isaac. Let's get into it. Uh, let's go ahead and just, just preview this game. I don't know how much <laughs> we're going to reveal about it, but uh, let's just give what we think is going to happen uh, with this game. So we, we already know that Barnes isn't going to play. We know that Dirk's not going to play because Dirk, <laughs> Dirk is going to do his exit interview before the game, which is a little weird that he's going to do it before the game. Uh like even starts. <laughs> so everybody else is doing their exit interviews on Wednesday. He's going to do his on Tuesday before the game. So he can just get out of there. As soon as it's done, I think Dirk is just gone and off to like some foreign country, some Island just to like hang out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dirk's just going to wrap it up pretty quick. You know, he had the surgery and all that stuff. So uh, he's just going to do his thing uh, get out of there. And then that will be that. And next time we see Dirk will be probably his celebrity softball game, or I mean baseball game, uh, over the summer. So, yeah. Dang, that seems like so long ago, too, that that happened. Gosh, that's crazy. I was just talking about that game today, and I think tickets go on sale really soon, and this week, I think. So be on the lookout for that if you're in the Dallas area that's always super super fun so and it's cool that he's continuing to do it also yeah I'm excited for that that's one of the highlights of the summer for sure it's and uh, another uh, Mavs event that kind of keeps us rolling throughout the summer we will uh, talk later about what our schedule is going to look like what we're going to cover how often we're going to do podcasts and things like that because last summer we tried to attack it and we did like five every single week and I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to do that again this summer, but we'll see if it's like last summer where just thing after thing takes us through, uh, then maybe once we hit like August or end of July or something, we'll cut down after that. But well, we'll talk about that later. So, uh, Phoenix, Isaac, do you think they're actually going to try? There's been a lot said today and yesterday that, Oh, Phoenix has already clinched the number one spot in the draft in the, uh, draft lottery rankings. And you know, they don't, they, they can actually try. Do you think Phoenix is actually going to throw some guys out there like Devin Booker and Tyson Chandler? Like they're, they're actually going to try. No, I don't think Booker, any, any of them will play, but I think we could, um, I think we could just see the borderline guys. Uh, I don't think you'll see the rest. Um, like people, I don't think you'll see a ton of them sit out uh, for rest. Um, but I think, yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll try for sure. I think it really, I think it gets more interesting to see what Dallas does and how, who they play, how they play the rotations, who gets you know the most minutes, how how's the second half is, um, how the second half is um, because especially when it, if it's close and. I mean, you are kind of basically saying, you know, a win is fifth and a loss could get you third, not guaranteed, could still get you fifth. But um, it'll just be interesting to see how they play that. Yeah. Another thing that I find interesting about this game is the other day, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, Memphis had what they call a fan appreciation night and they sat. Like everybody, they just sat like every no, single Phoenix. player of consequence on their team. Oh, Phoenix! I'm sorry, Phoenix, and they just had this laundry list of guys that they sat. And uh, Dallas's fan appreciation night is tonight. Is Tuesday night. So, uh, <laughs> how how much are they going to actually appreciate their fans with the guys that they throw on the court? I mean, we already know that 
probably the two best players, Dirk and, and Barnes, aren't going to play. So I don't know. That that to me is where I get to the point where I'm like, all right, well, just I don't know. Call it something else then, like <laughs> because it's not you're not appreciating your fans at that point. But I guess you're appreciating the small minority of fans that actually want the team to lose. So. I was gonna say, I mean, that that's the give and take with with people on the tanking um, team and tanking bandwagon is if you want your team to tank, then this is where it comes. I mean, fan appreciation. You can't get upset whenever they're throwing out there me and you in the starting lineup. So, yeah, I mean, yo, for real, it's that would be the best thing ever. <laughs> that what? would be awesome. If they just if they just threw you and me out, throwing us fans only, fans only game, <laughs> players only, fans only. <laughs> we switch spots for a game. Yeah, it would, fans only throw us out there. Do you think you could score a point in an NBA game? Not not an NBA game. Okay, what what tonight is going to be? Because tonight is not going to be an NBA game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would just try to shoot it from like 30 feet because I'm not going to drive past any of them. I'm not going to get a rebound. I would just just launch it and try to hit a three. I think I could get a rebound. On, I think I could get a rebound on Tyler Ulis. I think I think for sure I can get a rebound on Tyler Ulis. <laughs> I forgot to tell you this is on that team. Because I, oh, I think I got a good six inches on Tyler Ulis. What is he, 5'9"? Yeah. Yeah, I got a good half foot yeah, on Yeah, I think he is, like 5'9", something like that. Yeah, you can so probably th- box him out and get a board. <laughs> this game's going to be interesting. I would just take, like, all the weird floaters. Like, just try to drive, like, two steps and then just, like, take a floater real quick and be like, why did he throw that floater? Well, he was just too worried that he was going to get the ball stolen. So, uh, But, yeah, last game, last game of the season. We'll be back to break it down. Uh, enough talking about all that. Let's get to our main story. The, uh, the We're burying the lead here today. We're doing our, our mock draft. So we're doing 10, 10 picks uh, from Phoenix, who we're going to play tonight, uh, to Memphis, to Dallas in third, who is, which is a very interesting pick. I mean, third for Dallas is, is sort of a conundrum to me. Uh, and then after that, we'll continue that. So we'll start right away. Uh, who do you have going to the Phoenix Suns? This is really, really tough. I'm going to say somebody. Uh, I'm going to say Luca just because I want to talk more about the second pick. Um, I think Luca would fit pretty good there and form that three way him, Booker, Josh Jackson. Also, if you haven't listened to Mina Kimes on the Woj Pod and read her piece on Luca on ESPN, really good. Uh, yeah. It's very good. She met it. She met it. Not really a joke, but she was talking in the middle about how she was talking to Doncic, and uh, she did clarify it is Doncic, which is which is hilarious piece, because Woj pronounced it wrong the entire body. exactly <laughs> killed me, man. And I'm like, dude, read the piece. Y'all talking about the piece? That's true. Um, it pronounces anyway, it in the she, piece. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you think and, Woj uh, didn't read the piece? So, no, he didn't read it. He called, and, uh, he like, he <laughs> praised that more than anything that I've heard him praise ever. He was like, this is going to be the definitive Luka Doncic piece. A piece that is, all other things are defined by this Donkic. piece. Oh, yeah, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. I can't even say it wrong now. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. It's like in the first uh, paragraph. No, yeah, it's listen. like in the first paragraph. It is. It's sorry, I can't like get the over first that. Line. Um, but no, she she made it, she was telling like a funny thing at the beginning of like or asking she asked Luca about if he's seen stuff on social media and his Instagram and she, he was like, Yeah, I see it. I see the tank for Luca. She's like, Where are the fans from? He said, A lot of Dallas. <laughs> and uh that, that was, was uh that yeah, that was fun. And uh by the way, what do you that, think that means? What do you think? That, I mean, does that 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 doesn't have any weight, right? Like that, that just means that a lot of people in Dallas are aware that Luca exists and they want him on the team, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't think it's anything anything else from it. But I did find it interesting how she mentioned something about Atlanta, and he's like, "I have no clue anything about the city of Atlanta." <laughs> I'm like, "Does he know any city in the United States besides New in York?" In LA, and. If that, yeah, in LA, and uh, so anyway, that's why you just kind of like almost want to pour one out for him. If he, he watched How I Met Your Mother, so he must know Ohio because that's where uh, Ted is. That's where Ted oh. is from. So, oh dear God, please don't talk about Ohio and him. I can't see him in. A, oh, that would be so. We- Honestly, they stop, they stop, have stop, a stop. chance. Stop. They have a chance. Anyway, I have. Okay, what if? Okay, what if they Luka. lose LeBron? Would you be happy for them if they lost LeBron and then they get Luka? No, because I'm not a big Dan, Dan Gilbert guy at all. Okay. Who do you want? Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll, go, we'll anyway. go through it. But. Um, I want Wendell Carter to go. Oh, that that's so <laughs> no, mean. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, okay, yeah. I'll put, uh, I'll put Luka at one to the Suns. Um, yeah, because I want to talk about I have Aiton going to the Suns because I, I think that that Arizona connection I feel like is is gonna win out there if that's what it's gonna be. Kobe We're gonna Shaq. be Kobe and Shaq. Listen, listen, DeAndre, yeah, I, you're really good. You are not Shaq. Okay, if you're gonna ask me who who, I, okay, yeah, I w- I would have a like if you're putting a gun to my head, I would say Aiton's gonna go one to Phoenix, and Phoenix has a top, top pick. But I want to talk. We'll just Why would anyone put a gun to your head? <laughs> <laughs> They're not. Here's my thing, and this is Isaac. a bold statement. Isaac. I don't think. <laughs> I don't. Who's going number one to the Phoenix? <laughs> Got a clock. Um, I don't think it is a hundred percent home run that DeAndre Ayton would go two to Memphis. Yeah, that's a that's a well. It is because they get a really good player. However, they have that stink of Hashim to beat there. And then you also have the Marcus All thing, and you can't. I don't know if you can play those two guys together. That would be interesting. I think no, they could. I think they could space so, enough, but I don't think they could defend in space enough. Here's the thing, I just think we we all in every mock draft, it's one of those two, one and two. It's Swip yeah. Swap, Luca eight, and no matter which team lands one or two. And I get that. I think they are in that top tier together. I just when it comes to Memphis. And here's the player, no matter who's in the top two or three picks, two or three pick, the player that I would really watch out for moving up after workouts and everything into that top group is Bagley. I think once Bagley gets in workouts and gets working out for some teams, I, I think you really could start seeing some rumors, some grumblings that, oh, Marvin Bagley's really getting some love at two or three. And that's what I'm saying. Like with Memphis, if they're sitting there, they didn't trade Marcus at the deadline. If they're really all about keeping him there, 
and they're not going to shop him, any of that stuff. They have to really – Luka is their guy. Like, you know they're dying for Luka. But if Luka goes one and they're at two, I really, really, really think that they will think long and hard about Marvin Bagley. And if medicals check out, watch out for Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. And I think that I think either one of those, them two at two, and that would I think that would surprise a lot of people because of how good Aiton is. But it just I don't know, man. I I, they, I think they really love Mark Gasol, and I know he would be a um, you know a long term replacement of Gasol and stuff. But they just can't play together, and I don't see him bringing. I don't see Aiton wanting to come off the bench yeah. either. So. I mean, really, if you want to be honest about it, they should just take Aiton and trade Marcus All. But I don't, you know, they didn't do that before. Don't know if they're going to do it now. And this, and they could view this as their San Antonio Spur like Tim Duncan year. If you know they have this super bad year, they get like Marvin Bagley, and then they come back next year with Bagley. Gasol and you know Conley or Michael Porter Jr. and they got their wing and all this stuff. So oh, all I'm oh. saying is, how sad would it be if they picked Michael Porter Jr. and they got a, they got another wing and he's just like never the same again. Like, like him and Chandler Parsons just like Chandler sitting on the Parsons. bench forever. Oh my gosh. So long story thing, I don't think it's a slam dunk home run that Aiton would go to to Memphis. I think Bagley would and Porter Jr. If he's healthy, it's a huge question mark. I think Bagley would get a lot of love at two. Which would be crazy if somebody like the Mavs or the Hawks uh are setting at three and DeAndre Ayton would fall to three. That, that would, be, would be nuts. I agree with you on But for the sake of our mock draft, I'm gonna put Ayton at two just because I I think they are in that to so we could have a legit discussion about three because there would be no discussion if DeAndre Ayton's there yeah. at three you just yeah, take him no if you're point. Dallas so like I'll leave Ayton there at two yeah right it, I I agree with you on Marvin Bagley because the thing that he's good at is like the the measurables he's he's really good at the you know the quick jumps he, I mean he's gonna do great at the vertical he's gonna do great at the uh, like those cone drills you know stuff like stuff, random stuff like that in the combine and the individual workouts he's gonna take guys you know he's gonna play really really well in like pickup games because that's that's really good for his game too. Um, I could see that for sure. And then there's going to be knocks on some of these guys. We always see around the draft. We see this in the, in the NFL draft. It's, it's like two weeks away right now. And this is peak. Let's just knock every single per, every single player that we can think of. Like let's even take – there was an article on The Ringer today that was all about uh, how we take some of these these things that we look at as negatives for NFL players in the draft and and they're actually positives. Like we look at things that are like, oh, man, you know, he uh, – he's too fast or he's too big. He's too strong. You know, just like dumb things like that where we're just like, Oh, that's going to, you know, that's going to hurt him. And you're like, what are you even talking about? You just talked to, you just talked yourself in circles about these guys for so long. And I think that that could happen for sure with these two top guys. People are going to look at Doncic's athleticism. People are going to look like Aiton's defense. So, you know, they're just going to look at all these, these things and make them a lot bigger than they, they seem. So we agree that Aiton and Doncic are going one, two. It, it, does it seem like an Odin, Durant draft to you, or do you think it's a little closer than that one was? Horford went three to uh, to them, but it wasn't that close at the time. Like the drop-off yeah. from two to three? Um, yeah, yeah. I think the drop-off is significant. Um, I think it is Luka and Aiden, and then it's the next guys. Mainly because 
Like when you go to three, I think it gets into team needs at that point. Like not just team needs, but like if you got another young guy, they're they're all so close together, those next like four or five guys that I think you would be okay taking the guy that would fit good, you know, compared to like I mean, if Memphis did take Bagley at two, they will forever be like looked at, you know, in watching Aiton's career of saying they picked Mark Gasol, thirty something year old Mark Gasol over DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> And that would make fans really cringe for a while. But the, so, yeah. So this at three, if Aiden and Luke is gone, that's when most people would probably say the draft starts. And it gets really interesting between four or five. They say the draft starts, but we'll be at minute like 35 already because the draft just takes, it drags a little bit. <laughs> Woj will already be on pick like five. Cuban will, ret- will quote tweet it and say hilarious. Oh, man. Another thing, I want to go back to Memphis real quick. Another thing that Memphis did is, you know what's more, you know what's more rare than a all-star level player? Like a really good coach. A really good coach. And they had a really good coach in Fisdale. Mm. And they chose an all-star player over Fisdale. And and so they decided to go with Marc Gasol. And so now... Like what? They're gonna make that decision again? Like that's just another. Like that's how much they have put into Marcus All. Even though the season looks like they've kind of given him the you know the short end of the stick, they they really put a lot into. Him. He's like their Dirk, I think. Yeah, and it's just like how, and we'll talk about power on draft night from a prospect here in a little bit when we talk about somebody else. But like, if you're I just I can't see a scenario in which Memphis takes Aiton and they bring him off the bench yeah. all year. They can't play together. I mean, even though he won he won the Carl Malone Award as the best power forward in college basketball, which is just stupid because he's going to be a center at the next level. I there's I don't see them playing together. And but if they don't trade Mark Gasol, so if like let's say you're in Aiden's camp and you get wind that Memphis is going to take you at two, but you're not going to start over Mark Gasol, man. I mean, you can't really control it that much because you don't have any like huge medical issues. But like you could see a feel like an Eli Manning type thing of saying, I don't want, I'm too good. Like we know he thinks he's good off his Twitter account (laughs) and he is good, (laughs) but still like, I don't think a guy like that, most teams in the league, you're not going to come in and come off the bench. And so I don't think he would want that either. Knowing the next three or four teams after Memphis would take him and start him on day one. Probably the draft begins at three. Who do the Dallas Mavericks take? I'm staying true to my big board from back a month ago, so ago, and it doesn't change for me. It's Mo Bamba, and I'd say you take Bamba at three. I think I've been pretty open on how how high I am on him. I think he's Rudy Gobert 2.0 that could possibly have a jump shot. Uh, I'll say this about his weight. You know, I've seen a lot of people throwing around his weight. I think when you have a seven nine wingspan, I think that I think that makes up for about twenty thirty pounds <laughs> uh, because you, think you weigh about in his forearms. Well, just just think about when when strength and your thin frame come into play when it comes to rebounding. Well, you know what else helps rebounding? Yeah. Seven nine wingspan. When it comes maybe to getting like back down in the post and getting like bullied. Well, you know what helps block shots? A seven nine wingspan. So like I think it like he will get bodied a little bit lower body wise but when you have a seven foot nine wingspan 
you can make up for that lost weight. So I'm all in on Mo Bamba. If we're setting at three, I have him at as the third best prospect for the Mavericks. For the Mavericks, um, if Aiden and Luke is gone, you know he's not Nerlens Noel when it comes to like weight. Like Nerlens was, yeah, Nerlens was. Yeah, I, I don't like when I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not that. And so, uh, if weight was such a big factor, <laughs> then why don't we see? you know, uh, Charles Barkley's anymore or like, you know, these dudes that were, they're like Carl Malone's or just like these huge bruiser type guys. Uh, now obviously those guys had yeah. much bigger skills and they're like a tractor trailer. That's, that's topical. <laughs> Remember Giannis when he came in? Yeah, but no, I'm just saying that like, if, if his big knock is that he needs to add weight and all this stuff, like if that was such a big deal, then why don't we see dudes that are huge and using that to their advantage anymore? It just doesn't happen. <laughs> there just aren't guys like that. Yeah, anymore. that's true. Uh, I have him a lot lower. I just went with my gut feeling, and I went for Dallas. I went with Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, I think that his shooting ability. I think I think Carlisle has just sort of fallen in love with the fact of having five guys on the floor that can shoot, and just loving that uh, with Dirk the last couple of years. And he shoots. I mean, he shoots like a guard. His stroke just looks so nice when 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 he uh, gets it off cleanly. And so putting him, his defense is also so pretty good. And so Dallas gets the the two way big that they really really want. And they could do a lot of things. Also, Dennis is going to need some space. Uh, and Bamba, yeah, he could he could develop that shot, but uh, Jackson's going to give him the, more space, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I like Jackson too, and like I would be happy with. There's Jackson all that. There too. It's that tier right um, there, just like you were saying earlier. They're all so close. Yeah, and that whole that that whole tier right there. I mean, if if the Mavericks, you know, when they finish their workouts and everything, and they they they're like. Man, we think Marvin Bagley can be the third like best prospect, has the chance of being the best prospect in a the draft. Then you just you take him and you figure it out, like what you're gonna do with it. But I don't think spacing's a huge issue, um, if you if it's just like one player on the court. Um like if we you know, if we had somebody like we knew Dwight Powell was gonna be our starting four for the next like three years and you're rolling out him and Bamba, like that would or, be an issue. Or Julius Randle. You'd have two guys that really can't shoot, but yeah, or Julius Randle, but like you're seeing with like, I mean, I think you just really look at Utah and say, look what. Oh yeah, doing. you you and, can do it without, but Carlisle doesn't seem to want to do that. I just think that that's such a big plus for for Jackson Jr. Yeah, and and I, and that that would be the advantage, and that's why you would be picking Jackson over Bamba probably. So, so yeah. So then you get to Atlanta. Atlanta. I have Marvin Bagley. I just think that that that's a. I think that's a really good fit for them. That's going to be weird. I think with John Collins, but I think John Collins can play five. Yeah, I, I think, I actually think. Bon, I mean, uh, Bagley would play between five between the two of them. Collins. You get enough four and five things where you they could be. I mean, we haven't really done a ton of like switchable bigs in the NBA. Like, is there any teams you could think of like off the top of your head that have a four or five that are really switchable, which they have. Like they have good characteristics of a four that because it's not a twin towers thing anymore. It's like two athletic bigs that can, you know, jump, get off the floor, like actually, you know, move and do things. Like I just don't yeah. think we have that. I mean, it's just like if Orlando does like Gordon and Jonathan Isaac, you know, at the eh. four and five, <laughs> if they want to, if they want to yeah. play with that. I mean, but yeah, I mean, here's my thing with Atlanta. It's kind of like what I was saying with Dallas a little bit ago. The best fit would be one of the centers, would be like Jaron Jackson, would be Bamba. But if they're sitting there saying, and they should, because, I mean, John Collins is good, but you're they're like one of the only teams through here that 
does not have a young like, like John Collins star is a rotation player. When, like Dallas, <laughs> you know, he is like like Dallas has Dennis uh, Magic. Most likely have Aaron Gordon. You know these guys. They you know these teams have guys. The Bulls have a couple of marketing and whatever. Atlanta doesn't have anybody, so I think Atlanta has to go with the best player in the draft, no matter position. And I have Marvin Bagley also. And you figure out John Collins later. You just take Bagley and yeah. And, and I, I was saying I think they can play a little bit together. I think they can make that work. Yeah, especially the level because they're going. Yeah, I was gonna say especially at the level they're going to play. I think (laughs) they're going to be okay. Uh, At Orlando at five, we got to start moving on this. (laughs) Orlando at five. I have Trey Young. I was talking to a guy, Philip Rossman Reich from the uh, Locked On Magic, and I think uh, Orlando Magic Daily today. He just says he he thinks that they're going to go with maybe like a Bamba there or something. Like they want somebody with length, but eventually you got to get somebody that can score. Like you got to get somebody that can handle the ball, that can run your team, run your offense. They're throwing DJ Augustine out there as their point guard every night. And I think they're just going to need somebody to excite the, to excite the franchise and to put some energy into this fan base, because I don't think there's any right now personally. And if you take Bamba, I mean, you're doing, it's, it's kind of like taking Jonathan. Good luck scoring on. Yeah. With, Jonathan Isaac Aaron and Bamba Gordon and, and Bamba no, and Bismack. Just throw them all out uh, there. <laughs> I have him taking Jaron Jackson Jr. Mainly because of that. I, I think you're just, you're forming a front line right there. Um, that would be pretty, pretty wild for the next years to come. I could, I definitely see the Trey young hype and they, I mean, he would start day one for them for sure. Uh, as their starting point guard, they need scoring and all that. But I, it just comes down to tiers, and I think teams – we kind of mentioned this a while ago. I think teams will really look at that. I think we'll look at it in hindsight of saying, man, you took Trey Young over Jaron Jackson Jr., Michael Porter Jr. I can maybe hear an argument for over Mikel Bridges, depending on your team need, but over Jackson Jr. and Porter Jr., that would that would be rough. And uh, I would take Jaron Jackson Jr. One thing that's going to help Trey Young, I think, is – he is farther along. He's it's not going to help him, especially if he has to take any headshots. The uh, he is farther along in his development, you know, than than uh, Steph Curry was at this point because he was a freshman. He ended up staying another year. Trey Young, this is his first year. He had that crazy output. He's going to be able to. People are teams are going to look at that and they're going to try to project. And a lot of teams they they pick projects or they pick guys that they're like, man, we see this in him. We can get the best out of him. You know, we can. We're the ones that are going to be able to get that again and again and again out of him. And uh, another thing that's going to really help him in the same you know way as Marvin Bagley, he's going to go into some of these workouts and he's going to light somebody up. He's going to hit like thirteen of thirteen from three. He's going to just d- dominate a five on five. He's going to dominate. You know, he's just going to like a couple. It only it only takes one team. And what if he goes into a, Atlanta or Orlando and is like just lights out? And they're like, man, we cannot pass this guy. We see, you know, Steph Curry all up in his future. So I think that could that could uh, sway him there. Sacramento is fascinating to me. I think they take Michael Porter Jr. and I think I feel really sad for Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna feel sad for whoever goes there. I'll say this really quick about Porter Jr. We were talking about this. I tweeted about it today. He will have crazy control come draft time because he is a if he checks out and he had a stellar healthy year, then he's in that conversation at two or three, one, two or three probably. But he didn't, so he has this huge red flag, huge question mark. So he's going into workouts, 
And he, man, he controls everything because unless you're sitting there at pick seven or eight and he's the last of that group and you just take him, if you're any of those teams in the top five to six, you're wanting every medical thing in the world on Michael Porter Jr. And if he doesn't give it to you because he doesn't want to go there, you can't take him. I just don't think you can. I don't think you can take that risk. And that's where it's going to come down to him and his camp looking at it and saying, I don't want to go to Sacramento. I'm not going to give you my medical. I don't because especially if the Bulls are picking after him. We we just saw him at a Bulls game the other day. He's from Chicago, like all that stuff. So if like he's looking at like Atlanta or somebody, what if he really wants to go to the Mavericks? Or, you know, if he locks in on one team like the like the Mavs, what if he doesn't want to go to Orlando because they got Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon? If he's looking at, you know, Dallas or Chicago and he's like, all you other teams, I don't want to work out for you. I don't want to give you any medicals. That's huge. I mean, that's, I mean, you're taking, I mean, we looked at it and I said this day on Twitter, look at Dennis Smith Jr. last year. Dennis didn't give the New York Knicks any of his medicals, didn't work out for him. And a lot of people criticized New York for that, but, you know, for not taking him and taking Nilakina instead, but he didn't give that to him. That was a move by his camp uh, because they, they liked the fit in Dallas and it worked out, but it's just something to keep in mind with Porter. I have him going to the Kings there also. No matter if he gives medicals yeah. or not, if you get to that point, I think you just got to take his talent. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Uh, Sacramento, though, is not as much of a like a hellhole as it has been, though. They got some really interesting pieces in Bogdanovich and Fox and Scal. Well, and, uh, you know, like it's interesting. They got some interesting pieces there, at, at least. <laughs> There's at least guys to look forward yeah. to there. Uh, Chicago, I have them taking. But but Sacramento doesn't take Trey Young or Colin Sexton because the one piece yeah. you don't want to double up on is with Darren Fox. Like that's your one if, corner stuff. If they do that, yeah, that's like me. Minnesota with David Kahn taking t- oh, <laughs> taking gosh. Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn ahead of Steph Curry. Like <laughs> just <That's> so dumb. <laughs> stupid. Uh, Chicago, I have them taking Mo Bamba. I just think that'd be an awesome fit. Like that would just be so fun to see Bamba and uh, Laurie Markkinen together. Markkinen. Um, I haven't taken Mikel Bridges. That would be fun too. Yeah, putting him with Mark and then, uh, even Levine, Chris Dunn, like he would fit. He would just take over Denzel Valentine's role basically. Which is I have Cleveland taking uh, Mikael Bridges there. I just think that would be a really, really good fit for them with or without LeBron. Yeah, he would fit perfect with uh, with Cleveland. I have Cleveland taking Colin Sexton. Ooh, going to the point guard. Yeah, I, I'm – I'm team Colin Sexton over Trey Young, and uh, I think he would be super exciting uh, taking over that lineup. But I could see, especially if LeBron leaves, if LeBron stays, I could see Trey Young getting that because he's such Oof. a good outside shooter. That would be weird. That would just be a weird, weird fit if they go Trey Young. Yeah. Uh, New York, I have them taking Miles Bridges. Okay. See, this is this is where I want Trey Young, and I have Trey Young going there. Because that would just be fun if he just has some of his crazy games. They'll freak out and cry over his, you know, four for, you know, twenty-two game uh, shooting or something like that. But still, he would he'll have some like crazy scoring games, and I just you want to see excitement in the Philadelphia. Game. I have them taking Wendell Carter. I feel like that would be a nice fit next to Joel. I don't think so. <laughs> they they can't guard on the perimeter. Wendell can't guard on the perimeter. And I would, I would take Kevin Knox. Okay, I would that's take, fine. I would take yeah, 
You're just kind of Phoenix. I mean, this Philly pick at ten is crazy because you see how good they are, and they have all this cap space. Like they could legitimately do this and add LeBron in the summer and still get this like tenth pick, which it could be Mikel Bridges, could be you know one of these guys that drop. Could be could be Trey Young. Because it it could be <laughs> like could be it could be a little. I mean, man, <laughs> gosh. Could be Miles Bridges if they get yeah, Ma- I mean, if they get Mikael Bridges. I'm just like <laughs> that'd be crazy. That's exactly who. That's exactly who they yeah. need. It really is. I mean, that would be the perfect fit. Maybe at some point, Nick and I can do a pod to where we do like best fits in the lottery, and like Mikael to Philly would be best fit. And so it's gonna be it's gonna get fun. I think it's gonna get fun to watch out for teams like Phoenix. Uh, and the Clippers that have two that could possibly have two picks there in the mid lottery. I mean, in the like late lottery that could try to pull like Portland did last year and move up. You know, would the Clippers give up both of their picks at like twelve and thirteen to move up to like nine, ten, eleven for somebody? You know, how high would that get you? Could Phoenix do the same? And um, yeah, I, I think you could see. I think you could see that Cavs pick come into play for like John Wall. Uh, for you know Kimba, something like that. I think Kimbo's name will be mentioned all around draft time for any of those teams through there, from the Knicks to the Cavs to you name it. Uh, just not by wild, Michael Jordan. But... Just not by Michael Jordan. No, or or your boy Mitch. <laughs> congrats, congrats to Mitch. It was not his fault. All the stuff that happened in L.A. All right. So just to recap for uh for I have Phoenix taking Aiton, I have Memphis taking Doncic, I have Dallas taking Jaron Jackson Jr., I have Atlanta taking Marvin Bagley Jr. the third, I have Orlando taking Trey Young, Sacramento taking Michael Porter Jr., Chicago taking Mo Bamba, Cleveland taking Mikael Bridges, New York Knicks taking Miles Bridges, uh not his brother, and then I have Philadelphia taking Wendell Carter. And Isaac has I have uh Phoenix taking Luca, Memphis taking Aiton. Uh, Dallas taking Mo Bamba, Bagley going forward to the Hawks, Magic taking Jaron Jackson Jr., Sacramento taking Porter Jr., Bulls taking Mikel Bridges, Cleveland taking Colin Sexton, Trey Young goes to the Knicks, and Kevin Knox goes to the Sixers. There we go. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Mavs again. Final game of the season tonight, guys. Let's go. We did it. All 82. Let's go. Boom. Peace out.